Welcome to episode 86 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and it's a pleasure to share this time with you today. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been a listener for a while, I hope you hear something today that will make you smile or spark an insight, improve your business, or even change your life. Sometimes it's good to mix business with a little bit of pleasure, and today's guest is the perfect person to help us do that. We're going to be talking about the introvert superpowers that we can tap into in order to form relationships, whether they're romantic, platonic, or professional. And in this podcast, while we often focus on the various aspects of entrepreneurship, I think it's also important to address the more personal side of being an introvert. After all, how we show up in life is how we show up for our business. And how we form relationships is important, whether we're at work or at home. What I find interesting about my conversation with Sarah Jones is how often I notice the overlap between looking for love and networking or prospecting or connecting with clients. And while Sarah's focus is on introverted men, what she shares in this conversation definitely offers insights for introverted women and entrepreneurs. Sarah Jones founded Introverted Alpha to help smart, introverted men attract women naturally. She's been featured by Cosmo, Business Insider, The Good Men Project, Your Tango, MSN, Lifehack, and more. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting with you about introverts and the dating world. Yay. Thanks, Beth. I'm so happy to be here. It's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. So what is making you smile today? Well, I love the rain. I love the clouds. And it's really so peaceful and rainy. And I can hear the cars outside just going through the rainy, <laughs> wet ground. And it makes me very happy. Oh, well, you've then you have a number of envious people because, you know, I'm in the Pacific Northwest. I understand you're in San Francisco and we have been dry as a bone I was actually just visiting family in Alabama for a couple of weeks. I just got back a few days ago. And there, the rain is just crazy. It is mm. so green. There's thunderstorms all night. One night it was raining and my window was open. And just the thunder crackling. Like in San Francisco, you don't really ever get that. Like maybe twice in the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just loved every second. So I'm, I'm sending some good thunderstorm vibes up your way. Oh, good. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> we will receive them <laughs> happily. <laughs> well, as we get started with our conversation, I'd love to find out a little bit more about you and where you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum. And how has that awareness of where you are on the spectrum influenced you as an entrepreneur? Actually, with Susan Cain's new site, on the quiet revolution i wrote a post about that and in that post i kind of crystallized and understood where i actually do fall and what that's about and it's been actually really fun to think about that so these are very fresh insights here i would say that my extroversion leads and so um, what that looks like is i love to be around people and i actually really love when people are focusing on me and I'm able to make them happy or inspire them. So it's just extremely energizing to have a lot of eyes on me and for me to give something that's like this great synergy that happens. So that even happens like in really casual conversations. You know, there's like three friends I'm telling a story or much bigger than that. It's very exciting, very energizing, and I feel like, you know, plugged into like a socket or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's that. 
And also another piece of the extroversion, and so obviously that is part of what makes it easier in many ways for me to, to talk about the business and for me to, you know, lead my guys is I actually really love that. I love, mm-hmm. I, I love that dynamic where I'm giving them the, all this stuff and they're giving me themselves. So I, I noticed that that dynamic is present in that way in the business. Mm-hmm. And another facet is being very expressive. And I think being extremely expressive and loudly expressive, I think really, really is how loud I really am until every now and then somebody's like, well, you know, you're pretty loud. You're definitely, <laughs> and there's no mistaking how you feel. Zero mistaking that. Um, <laughs> so that, so that's over there. Um, and it helps in writing too, because being really expressive in writing makes for a great read, you know, and I've been doing that more and more lately and it, it feels really good for me. It's very easy to write that way. And then for my introverted side, I actually grew up really much more in touch with that part of myself just because of my growing up situation and just kind of, I think when we're growing up, we just fall into whatever kind of of way that we think we are, mm-hmm. and especially if we don't want to rock the boat, you know, right. uh, then we just be how we think we are. And so the family I grew up in and just my role at school, it just felt like, you know, I I was good and smart and wise, and that was my job, you know, wasn't to just be bouncing off the walls all the time. So... It took into my mid-20s for me to get back in touch with that part of myself that was very forefront in my very early years, like, you know, before seven years old, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then it kind of went to sleep and then came back out. So the introversion of being thoughtful and introspective and, you know, in touch with how I'm feeling, it's really helpful in my business because... I am always tuning back in and making sure, you know, does this feel good? It's like my mm-hmm. compass for, for everything. And that's a very introspective question to ask. And so I'm really grateful that I got to, to hone that over the years. I love that you're bringing to the conversation the opposite of what we often hear, <laughs> because I talk to so many introverts, of course, and usually they're saying, you know, when I was a child or, you know, when I was younger, there was that extrovert expectation. And so it's only recently that I've gotten in touch with my introversion, and you've had the opposite happen. And it's, <laughs> and, yeah, the very opposite. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a great reminder to all of us that there's balance in the nature and nurture, I think. And it sounds like because of the nurture that you started with having those introverted qualities be more rewarded, it sounds like, you know, like that's, that's what was encouraged. That was your role that actually, you know, it probably is serving you to some degree now that you've stepped bigger into your extroversion, because now you've got a little bit more of that balance than you might not have had otherwise. Completely agree. I'm actually feeling chills as you say that it's just Mm. so true and so beautifully said. Oh, you're welcome. And I love that you said you lead with your extroversion, because that is also another beautiful reminder that we're all on that spectrum and that <laughs> that we lead with one or the other. And, and it doesn't mean that we don't have traits of the other one. It's just that that's what's first and foremost. It's the alpha. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. the alpha. Yeah. So, so speaking of alpha, you are an entrepreneur and you created a business called Introverted Alpha. First, maybe give us a quick, in a nutshell, what the purpose and mission is, and then what led you to create it? The purpose and the mission of Introverted Alpha is is this. 
to help men that are very smart and, you know, more, just what we were just talking about, thoughtful and very perhaps quiet, it's hard for them to know how to navigate the dating world. And so that's why I am here with this business because they actually have a lot of benefits and, you know, inherent strengths that are very attractive and easier to use in the dating world than they think and in a way that feels really good for them. So the mission of the company is to actually show them um, in a linear, logical, but also very natural and good-feeling way how to do that. What do you think the impact of online dating has had, especially for the introverted male? And, you know, I think it translates to the introverted female as well. But do you think that it's improved things or has it made it more challenging? I just think that it's different. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just as we were talking a minute ago with the expectations growing up, I mean, I'm, I'm often remembering how, okay, well, yeah, it's an extroverted world in 2015 in most of America, but it's an introverted world in much of Asia. I mean, it's so location-specific, and it's just different, and so it's not like there's ways to move within that and to find how to make that work for you. So same here. Like, now we have online dating. We didn't used to have it, so it's like, you know, two different eras, two different things, and I think that a lot of times, it's tempting. I mean, gosh, how many articles on there is like, you know, oh, online dating, I don't know how many articles are saying online dating is the best thing ever, but there's a lot of <laughs> articles saying, you know, online dating is not the best thing ever, blah, blah, blah. You know, like technology, we're disconnecting, or like, no, we're connecting. And it's like, okay, well, these are good discussions to have, but sometimes it's just much less stressful and you feel much more choice when we say, okay, well, actually, it's just different. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's different. So using my human skill of being able to adapt, which is what's gotten us this far and what gives any species as far as they are, how am I going to adapt to this? It's here. It's real. I can't help that there's an avalanche or that the weather is perfect or not or whatever. You know, this Mm -hmm. is it. So how am I going to adapt to that? And I love that question because it implies so much choice and it implies so much personal ways to make decisions and see what do we want to do as individuals. So I like using that as a frame in really anything, but especially in something that is so often talked about, like, okay, you know, is this better? Is this worse? Well, it's different. And how can we use our inherent ability to adapt in order to adapt to this without having to call it right or wrong or good or bad? I mean, there's some things that are obviously bad, things that are harmful to mm-hmm. people or destructive. Oh, my God. Yes, that's definitely bad. But something like online dating <laughs> is more just like different. It's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate um, that distinction. Yeah. It reminds us that, you know, we do live in an era of choice. There are so many choices in the ways that we can express ourselves. So it's it's like a virtual playground <laughs> of, um, yeah. you know, different ways that we can connect as well as disconnect. So being conscious of that. And it sounds like you help introverted men, you know, figure out what's going to be the best medium and outlet and way to connect with people that's going to suit them and show off their strengths the best. Exactly, exactly. And in fact, as I've been, I've been creating a huge product lately. I can't even believe how huge it is. And it's going to be basically like a coaching replacement. And it's already started. Just a couple of guys are in it, going through it. And I'm still in the midst of creating it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just very, it's very intense, a lot of creation. 
And so when I made this, I had to get even more specific about, okay, what are the exact venues that Mm -hmm. people can meet other singles in? And I had to organize it. And so I now have it pretty organized um, with where people can meet others. And I shared it with a friend yesterday. She's like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. That just helps me so much. So in terms of in-person and online, mm-hmm. there are three main venues in each of those. Or like there's six total. And so for the online world, there's long-form profiles like, you know, Match.com. There's short form, like Tender, you know, it's very short. And then there's alternatives. There's there's other new ones that crop up. There's, you know, there's other ways. There's other new things. They don't all, always last as long. Maybe some of them do. Mm-hmm. But they are kind of, you know, in this other category. And each of these is best suited for a certain kind of disposition, certain strengths. So, like, if somebody's a natural writer, the long form might be really nice. If somebody already has lots of great photos that are more playful and they have a more playful disposition, then a short form would be better for them. So, like, looking at them objectively with what strengths are required and what the benefits and drawbacks are of each, you know, because some of them just have a different vibe than others. So being able to know that, just the knowledge alone is so helpful for the guys I work with. Just being able to categorize it and organize it is very empowering. Well, and it sounds like, you know, finding the right platform to show off your most positive traits is really important. And I, and I appreciate how you were saying, like, because I was off the market <laughs> before all of this stuff came up, you know, that sort of thing wouldn't even occur to me. But it makes sense that, you know, depending on how you, what your presence is like in real life, you're probably going to be able to find something that mirrors that in some way online. Yes, exactly. So I know that you, you know, d- just like I do, you know, we like to talk about the strengths of the introvert. We don't want to necessarily um, dwell on, you know, weaknesses, and we have to shore those up. So often what I find is that pointing out positive traits in introversion is easier than you might think for lots of reasons. But one of them is because some of the traits that we have naturally, we don't realize that they're positive, or we don't realize that they're strengths, like being a good listener. You know, that might not be something that is um, that we're just like, well, yeah, of course, I listen, you know, (laughs) not realizing what a valuable asset that is. So what are the positive traits that you've found introverted men exhibit that they may not be aware are positive? Oh, my God, this is my favorite topic. (laughs) I love this question. Yeah, and it's amazing to see it happen in real time in a conversation where you're like, okay, well, you have this, or like, yeah, just like what you said, yeah, of course, I'm a good listener. Well, do you realize how that comes across to women who feel any amount of attraction to you? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my God, really? So, one that I find a lot with them, um, I would actually say, and I'm just figuring this out right now, but I would actually say that at least with the, with the introverted guys I work with, there's kind of like, two main kinds, two kinds of, of ways of being, and they each are so amazing, and they're different. So one of them is very chill and mysterious, so kind of withdrawn and much quieter. Mm-hmm. So for them, they're like, wow, pretty sure that I'm not, um, you know, Mr. Gregarious life at the party. Yeah, they're not, and guess what? A lot of women don't want that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't personally want that. 
I've always been intrigued by men that are very mysterious and like, well, what's going on for them? What are they thinking? And just like almost kind of stoic and just a little bit withdrawn. Mm-hmm. So they would never know. I mean, they don't know until, until they hear it that actually being mysterious is very attractive. Even if you think of James Bond, like mm-hmm. the epitome of attractiveness. Well, that's how he is. Stoic, <laughs> that strong, silent quiet. type. <laughs> yeah, strong, silent type, exactly. Yeah, so the strong, silent type is very attractive, and they often don't realize that, but it's just so mysterious and intriguing. And then the other kind of introverted guy that I talk to is not as with, with Tron. They're my, they might be a little quiet, but they're very, very kind. They're mm-hmm. naturally very kind-hearted. They are very in touch with how other people are feeling, which ties into being a great listener. So I would say, like, this second kind is an especially great listener and very empathetic. And so they're like, oh, no, what if I'm this nice guy that's so not attractive? Mm-hmm. No, it is attractive. The, the nice guy thing, you know, that came out is, like, if somebody doesn't have a strong sense of self, Okay, as long as he has a strong sense of self and he has a nice self-respect and a nice gentle confidence, he can be as kind as he wants and is just gentlemanly and charming. It's very charming. I love what you said here because it helps to remind us that being kind doesn't mean being a doormat. And it doesn't yeah. mean that you're always differential, um, you know, because I think of my husband, I think he definitely falls in that second category. And, and he's definitely an introvert. And he is very kind, and he is very empathetic. And he's also very self confident. You know, he knows yeah. himself well, and has a lot of self awareness. And so he's able to walk that line of being kind and being a good listener and there for others without sacrificing himself. Exactly. Isn't that so attractive to you? Yes. Isn't that so amazing? I mean, that's just the best. That is yeah. the total best. Yep. I can attest to it because it's been 17 plus years. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Do you find, and just real quick, you know, do you find that as you're working with men, when they do eventually find a partner, do they, have you noticed any patterns of if they end up with introverts or extroverts? You know, um, it's actually a really nice mix. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's actually one of the first things that, that they bring up in the first place. And then while they're dating, they're feeling out who they really most like. Yeah. But I would say that actually the kind of woman that they that they like and that they end up with is what, what these women have in common is being warm and loving and mm-hmm. intelligent. Mm-hmm. I would say these are three big qualities that run through. And you can be warm and uh, and loving and intelligent as an introvert or an extrovert. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and when I hear those words, it, it it makes me think it's also someone who accepts their partner for who they are. That oh, yeah. They're not going to try to change them, but they're attracted to those those very things that make them who they are. Oh, and, so well said. So <laughs> true. Yes, exactly. Well, here as we we wrap up, um, I want to leave listeners with uh, a couple of quick tips. And and it was really funny because, like I said before, I was off the market. I was dating in the dark ages before social media and texting shorthand. So I, you know, when I was doing a little research on your site, I saw you refer to PUA, and I had to look it up. I'm like, what is that? 
and you were talking about pickup artists. And I thought, yeah. oh, yes, I know what that is. And and I thought, you know, that's a PUA. You know, that's something that every introvert I've ever met, whether it's a man or a woman, seeks to avoid. You know, that's like the run for the hills. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You run for the hills. And so there must be another way. You know, and my first question was around, you know, what's the most effective way for an introverted man to express initial interest in a romantic partner? But then I thought, well, wait a minute. We need to back up and just get to the basics of what works for just introducing yourself as a potential friend. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really love this question because... You know, I think this it can be very simple. I love this question because the answer is so simple and it's often very helpful. So the reason why this gets to be stressful is even in potential friends, the reason why that's sometimes stressful is because there's this, this like, future projection, you know, this, like, fantasy of the future, like, is this person going to, you know, this kind of future thought of how will this work out or... Is this person going to accept me along the way, or am I going to like them along the way? And it's very stressful, especially if you've barely spoken or haven't spoken. That's very stressful. And I think that because introverts are, are so introspective and so thoughtful, mm-hmm. um, then that is sometimes a tendency that's just part of the package to be thinking in these, in these terms, which are pretty serious for the situation. Mm-hmm. So here's what I like to say instead. When you go to a party or any place where you're going to be meeting other people, or even if you just are not there to meet other people, but you do happen to meet someone or see someone that you're drawn to, you look in the room and see who you feel most drawn to. Because a lot of people think that they just have to talk to whoever's sitting next to them <laughs> when that's not always inspiring, mm-hmm. you know? And especially for introverts, like, let's, you know, you know, use that introversion and nourish it and nurture and honor that by only spending social energy to where you're inspired to spend it rather than just like, oh, well, I guess I have to. That's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So notice, you know, who do you like in the room? Who do you feel drawn to? And then make your way towards that person and start a conversation as a way of being curious of, oh, this might be a fun conversation right now. This person might be a fun person to talk to right now. So you're not even thinking like, tonight even or Mm -hmm. especially not like next week it's just just a little opening so it's very light it's very easy it's very playful and that comes across in all the micro movements of body language which is most of communication you know is our is our body and our the ways that we are if we're in that light space then we come across so relaxed so easy so charming just because instead of thinking oh my god is this Maybe I'm going to go on a date with this person, or maybe we're going to get coffee next week if they're like a friend thing. No, like, maybe I want to talk to them right now. Because not only am I not sure if they're going to want to feel that way, I'm not sure if I will. Mm -hmm. I haven't really talked to them yet. I'm not sure. So let me just see if I like them right now. And then as you go, then, you know, then you'll see it'll become very apparent if there's a synergy there or not. As I'm listening to you share this, and maybe it's because I'm not in the dating mode, but I think of networking too. You know, how how wonderful this advice is both for what you've, you know, the scenarios that you've just described of someone who's looking to meet someone perhaps for a relationship, but it also is beautiful advice for networking and, you know, any social situation. Even if it's just, you know, I, I see a woman, you know, across the room at a party and I think, you know, she looks interesting. Not to, you know, trip down the path of saying like, 
oh my God, what if we're going to be BFFs, you know, <laughs> all of this. And, you know, or, or if I was dating, you know, like, oh, you know, what would our children look like? You know, that, that just yeah. all gets, you kind of go down that rabbit hole and, and what you're reminding us of is just to be present in the moment and, and yeah. just relax with it. And that's such a wonderful invitation for us. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it, it applies really well with networking and it, and like you said, any social situations. Because oftentimes the people that we feel most drawn to, we might be like, oh my gosh, you know, are they going to like it when I come to talk to them or whatever? So that's why I just think, okay, well, let me just say hi, just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it might turn into more. But if we just start with just that tiny little inkling, then that's a very confident thing to do, actually. And it comes across that way and it feels that way. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, thank you. You know, it's, um, I feel like so much of what you've shared here is applicable in so many areas. And I know that, especially for someone, again, you know, whether they're a man or a woman, is going to have heard some things here that are going to be really super helpful. So um, thank you for bringing all of your insights to us. And thank you for being an extrovert who is so in tune with how introverts move in the world and helping to empower them to use their gifts as widely and as truthfully as they can. Yay, thank you. It's, this has been so fun. I really enjoyed connecting with you, and thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I want to ask just a couple of quick wrap-up questions, and these are ones that I ask all of my guests. And if you were granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island, and you could only take three books with you, what would you take with you and why? <laughs> I had a lot, lot of fun thinking about, about this one. So here's my answer. You may have not heard at least probably all three of these answers together. Number one, I would take a coloring book. Yay. I have been coloring lately, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Me too. I take that. Yeah. <laughs> you have. I have. Awesome. I have, yes. Yeah, it's so fun. It's just the most fun thing. It's a coloring book. I would take a book of some poems by Rumi. He's my mm-hmm. total favorite. So amazing. And I would just love to luxuriate in, in reading him for that time. And then the last thing is, I know there's going to be some amazing tropical fruit on that island. <laughs> and I don't know what time of year it's going to be or what kind of food, but I'm going to find out and take a cookbook with me of that kind of food so I can just go nuts with it and know exactly how to make it most delicious. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds delicious overall, the whole vacation. It's <laughs> great. Thank you. Yeah, I think so. Thank you. So, Sarah, how can people learn more about you and Introverted Alpha? Yeah, well, the best place is on my site. Uh, if you go to introvertedalpha.com, the homepage gives a great walkthrough of what I do and who I do it for and what our mission is. And then we're, we also have a Start Here page. So if you go to the Start Here page, we'll take care of you, and you'll know how to get the most from, from what we're doing. Fabulous. And is there any particular social media platform that you're most active on that people can find you? I am on Twitter, and it's our name except no E between the T and the D on Introverted because okay. we maxed out on that Twitter limit. <laughs> and that would I say that that's what I say I, I would say that and also we have a Facebook page that is also our name. So I'd love to connect on both. Great. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for, um, as I said, for sharing your insights and your wisdom. It's been truly a pleasure to be chatting with you. Yay. Same here, Beth. Thank you so much. 
Thanks to Sarah for taking time to share her expertise with us. In addition to following the Introverted Alpha blog, I highly recommend Sophia Dembling's latest book, Introverts in Love. Sophia shares stories and tips for every stage, from the dating scene to being in a committed relationship. You can find Introverts in Love online and wherever fine books are sold. Before you go, I want to leave you with one of my favorite Dale Carnegie quotes about relationships. He says, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Now that is what I call introvert-friendly advice. Put the focus on others and find out what makes them interesting. If they're a good match for you, the interest will be returned and it will be easy to share yourself with them. I invite you to join me for the next episode of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. It will be episode 87 and I'll be talking with Matt Curry, also known as the ADD Entrepreneur. While Matt's an extrovert, I predict that his experience of turning a perceived liability into an asset will definitely resonate with you. In closing, I'd like to offer a word of appreciation to Paul Messing, my podcast producer, and to you for joining me and listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your family, friends, and colleagues, and take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur, and until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. <laughs>